Master Plumbers Radio, bringing you all the stuff you won't learn in trade school. Right, welcome to another episode of Master Plumbers Radio. My name is Daniel Carroll and today my guest is David Hall, National Chair of the Occupational Health and Safety Group at the Australian Physiotherapy Association. In today's episode, we'll take a focus on you and your body because after all, the best tools in the world are not useful at all if you're unable to bend over and pick them up. G'day, David. In my research, I've seen that you've been involved in physiotherapy for 25 years. It's a pretty good stand and gives you a great indication that you love what you do. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got involved and what you've experienced in your career thus far. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. Thanks for inviting me to join today. Um, so yeah, initially, um, over those 25 years, I started working clinically, so helping people once they're already hurt. Um, and then around 15 years ago, I thought, oh, I'm at the wrong end of the, the stick here. It'd be good to try and help people um, to prevent them from injury. So I moved into various workplaces, so that included tradies, but also office environments and various other environments. And um, since then, I've been focused on helping people stay well at work rather than needing my colleagues who are still doing the clinical work. Well, I can imagine in that 25 years, it'll give you a pretty good visual on uh, trends that seem to develop over time in regard to you know the types of injuries people are suffering on the job and at home. Mm. Um, have you noticed anything in particular that you can share with us? We live in a, a much more informed time now, so you know more advanced tools and a stronger focus on WHS. Mm. Um, surely there's some noticeable decline in injuries. Would that be the case? Yeah, definitely. It's really changed a huge amount in that time. Um, it's a bit scary to think how long that's been, but yeah, there has, that's been a, a full generation of workers and things have improved. There's no doubt they've improved. So what we first saw when I was a new grad and when we, when we started out um, was a lot of focus on um, the individual with their manual handling. So it almost became folklore, the whole, you know, bend the knees, keep the back straight. So a lot of focus on the individual doing the right thing. And I mean, that's always remained something that's important to do. Uh, but then really over the last probably more 15 years or so, there was more onus put through legislation changes on the workplace and providing good training, good tools, and you know, much more of a focus on um, systems in the workplace and actually using equipment and processes and good work design to help. Yep. So that was a big shift. Um, so that's improved things and there's much more accountability. Um, where tradies have probably missed out on that a little bit is a lot of tradies are self-employed. Yep. So where a lot of those improvements really happened in the larger employers, a lot of the self-employed tradies remained outside of that. So okay. it's, you know, from a physiotherapy point of view, and as I say, I'm involved mostly in prevention but um, still have close links with, um, with the clinical work that our, my colleagues in the profession do. Um, tradies are famous for limping in the door, you know, basically uh, really in a bad way, uh, finally admitting that they just can't work anymore and they need some help. Yeah. Um, and, of course, physios can help them, and we do. We do that every day. Uh, but uh, it's far from ideal. They've got to be much more on the front foot than that. Um, okay. So that's that change. Probably the other thing I'm just seeing lately is just um, in the last five years in particular is around uh, mental health and right. uh, workplace culture yep. and how we communicate with each other and more of that sort of well-being side yep. of things is kicking in a lot more, so that's been interesting. Well, you, you said you've um, dealt a little bit with people in trades. What are the types of injuries that people are presenting with? Um, I know you mentioned before about you know, limping in and saying, oh, I, I finally, 
I can't do it anymore. I've got to get something done. Mm. Is it there a particular category of injury, whether it's you know um, a lot of back injuries or mm. leg injuries, or what? What do you seem to find there? Yeah, there's two sort of types of issues, and and one tends to be more the young guys and and girls. Um, the other one tends to be more the older crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so the young ones are more susceptible to that quite severe back injury where they've just really done the wrong thing and tried to be a hero and they've you know done a lift poorly or no one's around to help and they've tried to do something where really they should have got uh, some equipment or another person or two to help them so the young people are more susceptible to something where they've tried to be a hero Mm -hmm. Um, the older people they've tend to have learnt that the hard way like we're pretty reactive as a species they've unfortunately had a few usually had a few back niggles along the way and you know APA research has looked into this and found that most tradies have had a significant episode or two or three of, of back pain or shoulder pain or neck pain um, so they'll tend to more just be getting those sort of cumulative aches and pains after they have a bigger day. Okay. Um, but they've learned general wear and tear and general wear and tear. But they've learned and they try to they try to get you know the young people thinking about it. Yeah. But it's just an interesting human psychology about do, are we able to really take on board preventative advice. Yeah. Or do we actually need to experience it to know what's going on? Yeah, I get, I get that. I'm in. I've always had office-based uh, work, um, but in early days doing some casual work here and there, there was a lot of uh, focus around uh, OH&S then, showing videos on correct manual handling techniques and whatever else, but a lot of the people I was with sort of um, almost just switched off and used that time as a bit of a rest eye, and it's never going to happen to me. And I think at this point, that's where a lot of people get themselves into trouble, just like other serious illnesses, like, um, you know, anything you think of, oh, it'll never happen to yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? You mentioned before yeah. you've had a little bit to do with people in trades, and usually they present with a sore back or sore shoulder or whatever. Uh, how can a physio help a person in general, and in particular a tradie? So physios actually are, can be much more involved than people might realise. I think traditionally people know that if you're injured, uh, you can go to a physio and they can help you with the injury management side of things, of things like you know sore backs, sore necks, shoulders, knees, that type of thing. Now, physios are also, myself included, and many of our colleagues are involved in uh, prevention of injury in the first place. So uh, helping with training and helping with risk assessments in work sites to help um, tradies to be aware of the risks so they can be a step ahead of those. Um, also with some exercise programs that um, uh, organisations and individuals can use to help prevent injuries. So the prevention side of things is a whole heap of physio can help with. Um, on the injury management side and the holistic side of things as well as helping um, uh, tradies who've got you know musculoskeletal issues also things like type 2 diabetes and uh, more general sort of issues so uh, men's health type issues as well pelvic floor that type of thing so there's a wide range of uh, conditions that physios can help with uh, in helping tradies stay healthy and well at work in saying that for people that are thinking oh you know I've got that thing that sort of that niggle in my knee I've I, I don't know if I should 
see someone about it? What's your advice to them? Do you just go out and see somebody, book in for an appointment? If they're, yeah, if they're nervous about the cost of it, I'd just say, look, often just be upfront with the therapist and say, look, I don't want to keep coming back here um, for ongoing treatment. Can I just get some, some exercises or some advice? So often it's just a one-off session. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times over the years someone's come to me for a quick one-off session uh, learn some uh, really simple strategies or exercises, and then I follow up with them six months or 12 months later. They say, I wish I'd come to you 10 years ago, uh, particularly with you know knees and backs and shoulders, the things that often get injured. So uh, don't be afraid, and also just be upfront. Uh, if, if you don't want to sort of find yourself in that um, treatment model, if you like, just say, look, I just want some advice, one-off session, what, what have you got for me? And in the age of Dr Google, how important is it for people to actually go and see somebody that knows what they're talking about as opposed to saying, yeah, I think that's what I've got? Yeah, absolutely. The challenge of Dr Google is it really focuses on what goes wrong yeah. and on the horror stories. So it's getting better. You've got to know where to look. But, yeah, just that trusted health professional face-to-face who can you know, actually get their hands on and, and have a look at you properly still definitely the way to go. I've played sports all my life too and before I started playing or training or whatever, there's always the coaches and uh, other staff around always encourage you to stretch. Mm. Um, does the same thing apply when you're going to work and picking up tools? Uh, and what can people uh, do to prevent these types of injuries from happening? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, a big part of the APA campaign has been around the concept of being uh, an industrial athlete, if you like, and taking a similar approach. So. If you're going to do a heavy day of work, if you're going to play a game of footy, you'd always stretch and warm up. So we definitely recommend that. Um, Quite often, good teams of workers, they get together anyway and plan the day. Um, You see them on work sites at the start of the day, they'll get together. Um, They'll often just be sitting around, you know, having a cuppa or or whatnot or having a snack and talking about what they're going to do that day. Oh, we need to do this first and then we'll do that and then we'll do that. So really, we'd say that's a really golden opportunity to just stand and do some warm-up stretches as a group, yeah. um, it's a great way of just getting on, on the right path. Any, any particular thing to focus on or just whatever gets you moving? Yeah, look, any movement's going to be helpful. Um, obviously, you can, people can see physios or personal trainers and get specific exercises. Yeah. Um, but often it depends where they are. There's a lot of work sites you need to be standing because, you know, it's a lot of mud and, and sort of debris around. So yeah. there's a lot of good stretches in I guess standing. it also depends on the type of work they're doing whether they're bending over on their knees or lifting above their head and exactly yeah else. yeah it is helpful again depending on where they are like if they're you know if there's a floor surface already on the site if they're doing housing and that type of thing then to sit down and do some stretches just get some off their feet as well for a little yeah. while so um yeah there's but look any stretch is good um but when in doubt go and see a physio and get a little program together okay cool and when, when you talk about a, a program for the people that might not have been to a physio before um what uh, would that entail so the, the the three key things to not get injured is one to be reasonably flexible um, and the second one is to be reasonably strong so with the tradies the strength is usually not the issue tradies usually tradies are usually pretty strong um, flexibility can definitely be more of an issue yeah um, the third one is we just call that um uh, basically body awareness like how do we move how do we do things so yeah you might be really flexible and really strong, but if you do stupid things, you'll get injured. So right. that's that whole, um, you know, how, how conscious we are about the way we move. So everyone knows about back straight, bend the knees, because that became folklore in the training. But it's other things too around pacing your day, around asking for help when you need to. 
Um, so keeping the loads close to the body, just being sensible and being body aware is the third thing. So those, when you're thinking about those three things, it's worth reflecting, oh, where's my weak point? Yeah. Um, for tradies often it's A, flexibility is often a weak point, and B, it's that third one, um, yeah. how body aware they are. And I know a lot of people will learn from experience. Um, it's just a shame that uh, a lot of people uh, don't get the opportunity to uh, kick on if it's a, a bad experience. Like most of the time, if you twist an ankle or whatever, you might be sitting at home with your leg up for a few days. But if it's something a little bit more significant, mm. like um, you see back injuries uh, are more than likely uh, tend to hang around for the rest of your life. So yeah, is, well, is, we've that's right, and we've seen uh, Safe Work Australia statistics show that two in three in five, so about sixty percent of serious workplace injuries are, are tradies. You know, that's a pretty large percentage when you when is. when you think that you know tradies make up about thirty percent of the workforce. Yeah. So that's a pretty high representation there, and so you know something's sort of going wrong at a lot of levels. Um, look, it's not all bad news for tradies. The, the good thing is that um, we know that sedentary work's really bad for you as well. Yeah. Um, so tradies are really active, so that's great. Um, but they've got to be active and smart about it. Yeah. Um, so, look, one thing is probably worth saying too is I think I've seen over the years that a lot of tradies have a, not a great relationship with the word no or later, I could do that later, <laughs> but not now. They And that's not just tradies, but I think it's particularly relevant to tradies. I think sometimes people have just got to own the word no if it's there. Yeah. Uh, but like like most of us people, you know, tradies, they, they want to they wanna please people, they want to get the job done, they're working to tight deadlines. They don't want to have to come back. Don't want to have to come back the next day. It's particularly when they've got just those last couple of hours to get something done. Not for sure. Light's getting, you know, a bit dim. Yeah. Um, so the two real risk points, um, one is first thing in the morning if you don't warm up. Uh, the other even greater risk point is the last hour or so in the day when you start pushing to the line. That might be when you take some shortcuts that you might regret. Okay. Um, I read as part of the Tradie Health Month uh, late last year, I think it's August, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that tradies or those that were part of the survey said that they took care of their tools better than they do their own bodies. Um, it's pretty staggering to hear that because, you know, tradies rely on their bodies to do their work and, you know, so their the bodies are their primary work tool. Um, if that breaks down or, be, or they become incapacitated through... Uh, for whatever reason, um, they're not able to do their work uh, to the full ability and that sort of compounds on what they do at home as well. You, you mentioned before you touched on a few of the uh, facts from the or from the findings from the survey. Is there anything else that really stood out um, in regard to tradies? I think that um, percentage was incredible. So we found that about 80% of them said they really work hard to take care of their tools. Yeah. And less than half, so 47% said, oh, they really work hard to take care of their body. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) We really think they've got that the wrong way around. It comes down to that sort of, um, you know, that gung-ho approach, trying to be a bit of a hero, not really understanding that, a tool, as much as it is important to take care of your tools, you can you can actually replace your tools. If you really stuff yeah. up, you just get more tools. You don't exactly right. always get that opportunity with your body. Like if yeah. you have a significant 
particularly spinal injury or shoulder injury in a lot of cases too, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that can be a big compromise for the rest of your life. In, in saying that, there's a lot of people out there that are working for themselves and mm. if they don't work, they don't get paid. If they don't get paid, they can't pay their bills and that um, affects their family and what they do uh, and their life in general. And it becomes a vicious cycle of you know getting pushing themselves to work in the morning because um, if they they're not able to earn you know it affects their family. So how are we going to break that cycle of um, a, a lot of self-employed people out there mm. have to go out and mm. um, do mm. that? Yeah, they do, and as you say, it can be a vicious cycle. And I totally get it. I, I totally get how that cycle continues and look I'll be frank when I had I've got two small kids they're getting a little bit older now yeah five and a, five and nine actually now um, but I think in particular it's when you've got young kids yeah because um, they're so hands-on so that time that you might have set aside for some stretching and exercise and going swimming you know those things that just help you look yeah. after your body they just those little gaps just get taken breakfast who needs that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I just get a coffee on the way to work yeah well oh look we're finding that that's improving like the research talking about um i mean look anecdotally you still see a lot of tradies don't eat what they should but that's getting a little bit better there's at least a bit of an attempt and an awareness that they should try and eat healthily yeah. how much that plays into practice is is variable um, but yeah like, i think there's just that blind spot isn't there around how important it is to put time and energy and thinking into your body so i'd say first and foremost you know you don't need more time to do some simple things that are good for your body you just need to be smarter about it so you need to actually work a bit smarter ask for help when you need to say no when you need to you know stand be assertive about that stuff so that doesn't take more time um, then you also need to um, make sure your equipment's up to date and, and you use it. So if you've got wheelbarrows and trolleys and things there, use them. Yeah. A lot of times people just don't because they're just quickly trying to get the job done. So uh, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't necessarily mean you need more time because yeah. I agree a lot of us are really time poor, um, but just being smarter with the time that you've got. Um, and in the short term it might feel like you're a bit less productive, but... If you're going to roll up the next day feeling fit and well and set to go, then overall your productivity is going to be better rather than worse. Of course. And I can see a lot of, uh, of course, if you're a, a boss with maybe half a dozen people working for you and you know, you're responsible for them and their well-being, if you're putting the processes in place for them to do things and they're not, uh, I guess, following mm. uh what you're trying to do, mm. you're sort of at at the mercy of you know what happens to them for them to learn by experience or what we we're talking about before. Is is there any sort of techniques or ways to sort of encourage people that are sort of resistant initially to what you're trying to do? It's a really good point you bring up because we're talking about trends at the start of the show, and um, and I mentioned about legislation, and Australia's really led the world in these legislation changes, which puts the accountability on the employer so we're really ahead of the game compared to even other western countries on that Um, so it's sort of gone full circle in the time that i've been a physio from where the bosses could be a significant part of the problem really trying to push and push and push and now it's often the other way around where they well they're actually legally accountable if there's some issues and there's injuries so they're 
they're really trying to, you know, they're really encouraging people work safe, you know, let's do this properly. Yeah. Uh, but look at the same time, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, they, you know, there is often production pressures on them. So firstly, you'd say bosses have got to recognise that, hey, if you want them people to work safe, you've got to put realistic productivity targets on what they're doing because those two, otherwise those two don't match. But coming back to your back to your point, so that's probably the first part of that point. So, you know, don't just give it lip service, uh, and meanwhile have a target that actually sets a different, um, you know, yeah, be a, a, reasonable about be it. Be reasonable about it. Yeah. In return. But look, in terms of, um, I think just just the building that rapport. You know, I think it it's not just about training someone to do it, and then they're going to go and go out there and do it every time. I think. You've got to build in a working team. You've got to build a culture where it's okay for people to tap each other on the shoulder and interrupt each other. Yeah, okay. You know, that culture where you can say, hey, mate, hey, don't rush. It's all right. Yeah. Just hang on to that. I'll come and give you a hand in a sec. Or, hey, man, you know, just stop there for a sec. You're starting to – you're just forgetting about your knees. Let's – Let's get the machine. Typical example of coming home from the uh, doing the shopping, and you've got a boot full of grocery bags. Yeah, I reckon I can get these in one go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't for my fingers afterwards, I know, but I, I got know. them all inside in one, one trip. Yeah, yeah. And look, I'm guilty. I gave myself a nerve injury one time, exactly doing exactly that. Just wrapped that last one around the forearm and yeah. had to carry it up some stairs. Yeah. So we we all do it and. It sometimes says just that last bag or two. Like if you had four bags, you go, oh, yeah, I'll come back and get yeah. that. And, yeah, so look, that, that culture is important. So I think, I think coming back to your question, I think with bosses you're trying to create a, a culture yep. within a working team. But, again, the challenge there when there's contractors and various, you know, so oh, yeah. tradies, again, are a little bit of a challenge there because you've got a working team that day or, or that maybe for a few weeks. Yeah, so it might everyone's go, different. Yeah, it might go quite well. But then in come the guys doing the painting and then in come the guys doing the, the, the plumbing aspect of it. And so then suddenly it's a different working team. And a couple of days later that, you're on to a next, another job yeah, and yeah. it starts and, again. And then a whole different dynamic again. So, yeah. um, you know, the, the individuals within that team have to take a lot of accountability and you only get one body. And yeah. it, there's a few more stats. This is not through the APA stats, but stats I know from elsewhere is around choices too. So, okay. you know, when people injure themselves in... The vast majority of cases, they had, like in around 95 to 98% of cases where there was an injury, someone had a choice that led to that. Usually they should have said no. And in over 80% of those, that person who got injured had one of the choices that led up to that. And again, usually it was, it should have just been a, well, no, not now, we're not ready for that. Let's, you know, get the ladder or let's, whatever it might have been. Okay. So I touched on before the National Tradies Health Month. It's uh, approaching again in August, I believe, and the APA is about to run a survey to get a better idea of how they can help people in trades manage their bodies. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what the findings will be used for? Yeah, so last year's survey was really interesting. That's where we found out about uh, the priority to look after tools more than their own bodies, their own health, and some of the attitudes that we've spoken about today. Um, so this year there's more of a focus on a couple of things. One is around stretching and warming up and who's doing it, what's the uh, prevalence of that and is it helping? Yep. Um, it also looking at people who are tradies and are also playing sport as well. So how do those interact? I know a lot of people who have uh, risked their 
their career for a kick on the weekend and paid the price. Yeah, yep. And look, if you're passionate about it, this is why we live. So we're certainly not yeah. Yeah, we're not looking to suggest that you don't do things that you're passionate about. But again, are we going to play with those injuries, or do we, you yeah. know, or do we take ourselves a little bit more seriously? So, yeah, that's some of the things we'll be looking at this year. Of course, okay, fantastic. And uh, for people that uh, want to get involved, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, so August is the month where the um, campaign takes place, Daniel. But um, it's certainly an opportunity in the lead up to that to get involved online. Okay, and I think we've got a, a link to the survey contained within the description to this podcast and for Master Plumbers members they'll also be receiving something via email so keep an eye on your inboxes for that one. Dave thanks for uh, coming on and joining us on Master Plumbers Radio today and um, thank you very much. Great thanks Daniel and thanks for your support. You've been listening to Master Plumbers Radio. Check out the Master Plumbers website at plumber.com.au or hit us up on email at podcast at plumber.com.au You can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram.